Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Today we will be recapping Season 6B, Episode 17 of The Sopranos, titled Walk Like a Man. This episode aired May 6, 2007. It was written and directed by Terrence Winter. Here's the HBO synopsis for this episode. AJ struggles with depression. Kelly's dad is the unwitting catalyst of a new feud between Christopher and Polly. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, Sums say it that's up. An, I'd say that's enough. Walk like a man. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is uh, a tie-in, of course, to the song. And didn't we have uh, one of the singers of Walk Like a Man as a character in this show? Yeah. yeah. I thought we were going intelligent oh. analysis here, Hannibal. <laughs> no, I mean, I like to, I like to mix it up. Hi uh-huh brow yep and then a little low brow a little low brow you know what i mean no but you're right yes yeah. walk like a man a, a title you know not like other titles where it's actually mentioned mm-hmm. in the episode there's no mention of walking like a man but we yeah. can see that yeah we got uh two men specifically in this episode a young a young man and mm-hmm. christopher who uh need to in some way in some fashion man up yeah yeah, we were talking about Frankie Valley, right? That's so Frankie, yeah. yeah, we were talking about Frankie Valley. Yeah, yeah, see, that's me bringing it back down again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, there is actually a really like important theme that I think emerged in this uh, episode. We can discuss that. That'll be part of our intelligent conversation. Good. Well, the opening scene is uh, an, another open on Awaking Tony. We've been getting a few of these this yeah. season. And uh, we find AJ up which is i guess unusual for them to see that watching some tom and jerry clearly not happy after all last episode he was dumped by his fiance of two weeks or so yeah and uh yeah his parents are there kind of like dealing with the fallout yeah because they've never seen him like this just utterly depressed utterly lost Mm -hmm. just he is a grown man at this point right 20 yeah I mean, is he not yet 21? That's right. He's not yet 21. He's not that yet That is an 21. important point that's brought up in this episode, actually. Uh, but yeah, he's just sitting there on the couch uh, staring at cartoons. And right. Tony's disgusted, of course. But this is, uh, you know, depression. Yeah. Tony knows depression. Carmela with the better have to have loved than lost uh, than not loved at all. AJ doesn't get it. Tony really doesn't get it either. He kind of goes like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and tells him to man up and stop being such a, you know, whiny little bitch. So mm-hmm. both parents kind of present AJ with cliches right. that are useless to him. Yeah. Because he's heartbroken. Yeah. I think I might have said better to have loved than lost is better mm-hmm. to love and lost than right. not loved at all. Right. Yes. That's true. Yes, that's what it is. Move on to a new character introduced here. Christopher's father-in-law, Al. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Al with the uh, tool hardware supply store, yeah. but uh, has sort of a backstore uh, little deal going on. Yeah. Selling power tools. Yeah, specifically to uh, the local police department. Off-duty cops, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, her dad is selling the power tools mm-hmm. that Polly and Tony and the Cubans discussed right. about getting. Two off-duty cops. Right. It's just interesting to see how it all kind of trickles down, how it all just right. cycles around and around. Christopher comes yeah. in and it's totally cool. 
Mm-hmm. Cops have to know who Christopher is, right? Yeah. In some fashion. But I can't get him on anything. Not yet, anyway. No. Yeah. So, Chris is happy, takes a nice fat stack of cash, we can assume. In front of from cops. Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the money is distributed between him and Polly in the next scene. And we get kind of our first little altercation with Polly. Right. And it's funny because the thing about this is that it's actually all working very perfectly. And that was established in the perfect in the previous scene that they had this whole system, mm-hmm. you know, and it's actually just running very smoothly. Chris hands the cash to Polly. All is well. Business is good. We know that Polly and Chris have had their rocky relationship in the past, mm-hmm. but they seem to be all right here and just, you know, profiting yes, off, off of this whole thing. The centennial of uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but... Until, of course, Chris's sobriety becomes well, yeah, an issue. Because it's kind of like harassment for him. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking is difficult, and this is him trying to be as honest as possible to a guy who completely doesn't understand it, mm-hmm. who, you know, falls on the I'm just breaking your balls, you know, yeah. line. What do you say we take a ride? A little prime rib on me. Maybe next time. What are you watching, your cholesterol now, too? Yeah. You're fucking hilarious. But, you know, Polly kind of does earnestly want to make up for it, wants to take him out, get him a steak dinner. This would have been a very good opportunity for Christopher to say yes. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. says no. Yeah. And that's also just an insult to Polly. Of course it is. And I think that that really, the way that this plays out kind of speaks to the you know, brilliant kind of details, the way that Terrence Winter kind of layers these things in because it is a sort of tragic situation. And it's kind of replayed more than once in this episode, critically between Polly and Christopher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where they're on good terms, but then something is off and then they kind of make up again, but mm-hmm. then not quite because it's just yeah. a little issue like here where Chris says, no, nah, I'm not going to, you know, get a dinner with you and drink with you and this is an issue i mean we saw it with ralphie right there was a whole huge episode about that ralphie turned down a drink when tony was trying to extend the olive branch Mm -hmm. and that was a major issue yeah yeah and that'll develop more in this episode but we move to tony at the pork store and sees agent harris would this be the a a final (laughs) moment here of bringing it all together with Muhammad and Ahmed that finally Tony figures, yeah, I'll let agent Harris know I've seen Muslims. Yeah. Uh, your favorite plot line, right? Right. Your favorite plot line and mine. (laughs) Yeah. But not, you know, in a condescending way, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this continues to be dragged out. I will say Mm -hmm. that I finally understand why this thread has been layered throughout so many episodes. Why? I do think it's somewhat unusual Yeah. that they chose to, you know, kind of place these breadcrumbs across so many episodes, across like two seasons, basically. But I finally understood why they did it. Oh, okay. Please do tell. I literally can't say. Oh. Because it ties in directly to the final episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so there you go. All right. But I figured it out today. Good, good. <laughs> no spoilers on this show. Yeah, we'll talk about it uh, next month. Okay. Well, uh, yes, a letter of goodwill would be written for Tony mm-hmm. that would be placed in his little file. 
right uh for for doing something like this if uh sentencing were ever to come down agent goddard not really getting any love from tony Mm -hmm. tony doesn't even give him a look uh and it seems like it really does seem like it's going nowhere that tony just doesn't really have a name doesn't really remember what it was it actually you know in all honesty was pretty innocent the guy was just walking and there's no crime there guilty of being muslims Mm -hmm. in the traditional muslim dress but he does call christopher and gets a lot more details available that seem to be helpful for harrison goddard i just want to say i mean i know we're trying to keep it intelligent but (laughs) i always think how funny it is that chris knows so many details about Ahmed and Muhammad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember when he mentioned that one of them had a Springer Spaniel? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. did he go over and like hang out with them? Did... You you could think that these guys maybe chatted him up a lot. Yeah. You know? But, you know, Chris knows quite a bit yes. about these guys. Yeah, he does. Maybe that's suspicious. I don't know. Maybe it's a Homeland situation. Brody. Yeah. <laughs> it's Brody. <laughs> Man, you know, I felt a lot of emotions during this scene. Really? Because I feel like I've been here. Everybody's I feel like here. every guy's been here. Yeah. You know, you're trying to do the just friends thing. Mm-hmm. In the back of your mind, you're like, oh, this is going to lead back to us, like, getting together. Yeah. And then uh, she just kind of smacks you down. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got to feel for AJ. Obviously, he is heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Eiler is presenting a, a very true performance here of how a guy in this situation would behave Mm -hmm. and uh yeah but you know meeting for coffee with your ex that is kind of a big deal that's kind of Mm -hmm. not a good plot for you not a good move for you it never goes well dumper or dumpy and i've been on both sides of the post breakup lucky you uh (laughs) yeah it's a lot of luck there uh i've been on both sides of the post breakup you know attempt mm-hmm. you know and uh n- no matter like i said no matter who you are in that situation dumper or dumpy yes uh it, it is usually pretty painful awkward awkward yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. not so awkward for tony to just flat out tell a stripper he has a massive heart on for her <laughs> yeah but then get cock blocked by his own wife right <laughs> which is great as carmella calls needs him to come home because she's worried about aj seriously concerned can i just say something about tony's uh post shooting gumar policy no i don't think you can oh okay well way to condescend there sorry (laughs) all right fine this one time please say something uh it seems that he's changed his policy no oh yeah so it's no more ongoing gumars yeah it's one-offs one-offs yeah hit and quit it move on yeah and i think in his even though he's never like said it out loud that this is what the policy is in his way this is like a more respectful way to Uh cheat on carmella right which is kind of interesting right yeah and she probably knows that too right yeah he gets home to talk to aj lying in bed Mm -hmm. in his underwear i did like the line just as a father of him saying you're 20 years old you barely have a life (laughs) right you know, it's hard at that age to really see that, but he's so young. Yeah. You know, it's the best father advice I think Tony's ever given his kid mm-hmm. before. It's like, you got plenty of years ahead of you. Um, and this coming from a guy who married his high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. which is good too. But it's, it's, a, it's a good advice right next to 
go out and get a blowjob. Right. It's also good advice. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting <laughs> that Tony, obviously, we've seen him deal with heartbreak. We've seen him deal with rejection and have his feelings hurt. But uh, I think that I think that he understands that. Yeah, he understands that, but what he can't abide is the way that AJ's reacting to it. Because Tony himself, when he's rejected, he responds with rage, right? Yeah, yeah. He responds with aggression. Uh, he responds with not giving up. Mm-hmm. You know, badgering the woman. You know, yeah. Uh, to no end. He doesn't just kind of like sit down and start crying. And right. so I think that he's just really disappointed to see that like his son, his blood is you know responding in this way oh sure yeah also i think it's funny to point out that he's trying to list qualities that aj has Mm -hmm. and really the only quality that stands out for him is that aj's white right and that's a benefit (laughs) because everything else is like yeah okay you're handsome you're intelligent Mm kind of lingers there you know hard worker Uh, but white that's good Mm -hmm. that's good and of course you know to have your mom listening outside is right. never good either. And AJ's reaction is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good. But yeah. of course, you know, they leave and Carmela has, of course, her own feelings about the whole situation that... Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was glad when they broke up the culture divide. But now... I already touched the shit. Yeah. It's kind of a hard statement right there at the end. Uh, it is, but I feel like it's one of those kind of overriding theme statements in a way that could apply to the whole philosophy of the Sopranos. Yeah. And probably David Chase in general. Yeah. I could just imagine him just sitting in the writer's room just saying everything turns to shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's true. Just leaving it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Next scene, Christopher uh, and his wife, uh, Kelly, have a housewarming for this new house that they bought. Right at the top, uh, I I really enjoyed uh, Sophia being told to get the fuck back into the kitchen, fold some damn napkins. Yeah. You can't play Xbox. What do you think? You're a boy. She's being trained yeah, in the just, ways of the woman. We've seen this before where Janice is like, no, you're going to play that gender role. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to do what I think you should be doing. Right. Yeah. Notice uh, Christopher has some gray hairs as he's uh, grilling there. Did you notice that? I did. Montesanti's got a little uh, gray. Yeah. Well, I think that it's really kind of funny that that happens because this is, that that happens to be noticeable in this episode Mm. because this is really about uh, the tragedy of Christopher really genuinely trying to Mm -hmm. be more mature, trying to be an adult. You know, as we've talked about long before, when he bought the house, the impulse was to try and be like Tony, to just overnight decide, I'm going to be the new Tony. I'm going to have cookouts. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have children. I'm going to have a wife. You know, the kind of straight and narrow. And you see him really doing it here, Mm -hmm. you know, and really sticking to his sobriety and actually dispensing uh, some, some statements, you know, partly one of the things that he says in the scene when he's talking to Tony over the grill includes my favorite line, but you get a sense of a, a level of thoughtfulness that Mm -hmm. we haven't necessarily seen from Christopher before just about his past. Yeah. You know, his father. Yeah. Tony. Right. The perception of Chris's alcoholism. Right. You know, uh, And it's just, it's sad because as I'm sure you noticed before, you know, they were criticizing him for 
not drink for for drinking too much and for being an addict and everything and now that he's on the straight and narrow that's also a problem yeah that's what he says to Polly. Yeah. you know he he's a drip now and he right. was a uh druggy before and he can't win on yeah. either side and you know all of this that you're saying that he's trying to do and emulate earns him a dirty look from tony you yeah. know before their conversation even starts he's talking off to the side with Bobby and just kind of gives Chris a, a dirty look. Right. And uh, Tony does make the point, you know, you need to be around more. If you want to really get your hands on things, you need to be right. around more. And if it's too tough, just suck it up. Like, just do it. I can't eat eggplant. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tony's saying walk like a man. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? Like, you should be able to be around all the alcohol in the world and mm-hmm. still just have the self-discipline not to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Or to have a drink without it turning into an addiction problem, you know? Yeah. There is a part where he does think that Tony, of all people, should understand him. He tells Tony, like, you understand because you go to therapy, so you understand the human condition. And there's a moment. There's just a single moment there where Tony almost is like, that's right, I do. Like, he has a look in his eyes like, I am. Mm-hmm. I am smart enough to detect the human condition. <laughs> it's like, no. Right. He's the last person who could detect the human condition. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, because I think that this, again, it represents sort of an evolution in the maturity of Christopher. Because, mm. of course, the very first time that the subject of therapy ever came up, mm-hmm. this was even before he knew that Tony was in it. Uh, he said, like, oh, I'd never do therapy. I don't need that. I'm not a mental midget. This is back in, like, season True. one or two. Two, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even when he did find out that Tony was in therapy, he, like, literally, like, stormed out of a room. I mm-hmm. forget the exact scene, but it was, like, really upsetting to him. Right. But, you know, he's come a long way. Yeah, that that is a good point. Yeah. Next scene, Al rolls up on little Polly. Uh, taking some of the power tools without permission. <laughs> yeah. And Al's got a big gun pointed at him. But yeah. I like how little Polly here, a uh, smooth operator, knows mm-hmm. how to handle the situation, calmly, you know, keeps the scene from escalating and does leave with the power tools. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Right. Yeah. Just lies, you know. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Lies his ass off. Uh, but yeah, does a pretty good job of lying about it. Yeah. Now, I don't think everybody's been in this situation, though. AJ at work and then sees a couple, breaks down, and quits. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty pathetic. Right. There's no... I have no sympathy there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty extreme to just see people kissing and then become <laughs> so, so distraught. Extreme. Yeah. Oh, then becoming distraught. I yeah. see. <laughs> Not just witnessing people kissing. Yeah, no, no. But like just to see a happy couple and become so distraught right. that you quit your job on the spot right. and leave crying. Uh, back to Robert Eiler. I will say that I think that this is up until this point probably my favorite Robert Eiler performance throughout mm. this entire episode. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just, I really like the arc. I really like the journey. Yeah, yeah. You really yeah. feel that like AJ travels in this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Keeping in with this uh, fathers and sons theme, mm-hmm. we open the next scene with Patsy talking to Tony about his son, 
Jason and, you know, how proud he is of his son. He's in college. He's making money. He's like, he's a little patsy. Right. Uh, He basically just runs a sports booking, you know, organization on campus. Yeah. And he's doing really well. And it's helping the crew out. Yeah. As well, because Patsy's making bets that come straight from his son. Mm Because, you know, last week, obviously, the NFL wasn't so good to Tony. (laughs) Right. But this episode, God bless the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. But, of course, it's all based this time on actual probability and statistics, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, whatever, I don't know, gangsters make their bets based on. Metal gold, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, slightly embarrassed about this, has to excuse himself from the pleasures that is Patsy's story about his son, Mm -hmm. goes out to the bar, sees Patsy's son, talks to him, mentions AJ, but really is trying to put on a a good face about where AJ is right now. Mm -hmm. Then Carlo enters with his son. Right. Same situation. Both of them. They're majoring cash. Minoring an ass. Minoring an ass. Yeah. Yes. So uh, this is just kind of a double drop kick to Tony because right. these two guys who are both named Jason, the the Jasons, uh, are, are they really both named Jason? I didn't even pick up yeah. on that. <laughs> a tale of two Jasons. Uh, they're really hitting Tony where it hurts without even knowing it. I mean, they yeah. re- they truly represent everything that. Tony wishes AJ was, but isn't. Mm-hmm. They're boisterous. They're enterprising. They're in college. They're in college. They're enthusiastically like pursuing, you know, all kinds of girls, not trying to get tied down to any one right. chick. Mm-hmm. This is everything that Tony wants for AJ. It, but AJ's uh, just kind of being a little bitch. Yeah, absolutely. So Tony's like, hey, I got an idea. What if... These guys become AJ's like friend. Like they're yeah. having a party at the Bing. Why don't you dudes just like invite AJ to the party, and maybe you can rub off on him a bit. It's a it's a good yeah it's a good plan. Yeah. Also beautiful writing here where Tony characterizes this as good good he's working broke up with that girlfriend is my Spanish chick. Hey, took her to my cousin Angel's wedding. She was smoking that girl. Yeah yeah you know whatever. Uh, you don't want to get too serious. Yeah, but yeah. why you just invite him anyway? It is. You know, just classic uh, lying. And we've seen Tony lie in this way, usually about himself, but, you know, not covering for his son the way that he does here. It's great. That's true. And next, uh, Christopher confronts Polly about that uh, boost of the power tools that little Polly did. Uh, Chris is very hyped, and it escalates pretty quickly to a screaming match between the two until Polly has to escort christopher out of his house because mm-hmm. Polly, you know Polly says like i'm gonna pay him like why is he getting his panties in a twist but for christopher it's like this whole defense of your family right it's family that it means more than just you you know lying about something yeah it's just a respect thing right mm-hmm. uh you just shouldn't rob my father-in-law. You're right. Yeah. Which prompts him to uh, interrupt Tony, Syl, and Bobby at the Bing mm-hmm. in the next scene. They're talking about uh, MRIs mm-hmm. as Chris interrupts, and he can't let it wait. What he's bringing up to them, because of what they're talking about, Chris's issues are pretty 
petty mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. And it's very key to note that as Christopher starts to explain what happened and that it can't wait, Bobby asks him, Bobby asks him what happened. Mm-hmm. And there's a pause. And there's no look from Tony. There's no look from Syl at Bobby. They're waiting for Chris to answer him. And Chris gives Bobby a look because obviously Chris understands that there has been a shift, a power shift between him and Bobby, mm-hmm. where Bobby's kind of sitting in the seat he might have been sitting in. Yeah, absolutely. Because... And of course, Bobby again, having killed a man. Yeah a little rough around the edges yeah yeah he just has a hardness to him that he didn't before and this ties directly into soprano home movies the premiere of this season right yep tony in the boat with bobby Mm -hmm. saying like maybe you should be the future of this family which you know there's nothing wrong with that but i always thought that was kind of interesting because uh how much older (laughs) than bobby is tony is he significantly older now like three years yeah so it's just kind of interesting but like you know, he'd be like, I mean, it made sense with Chris. Chris is significantly younger. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. But anyway, neither here nor there. Now, uh, when Tony shoots him down, like mm-hmm. we're talking about big money over here and you're talking about power tools. Mm-hmm. Tony's like, go have yourself a nice little soft drink. Wait outside and we'll be right with you. The suggestion of the drink is an insult and Bobby and Syl chuckling at it. Chris just decides to leave. Yeah, I mean, I think Tony kind of, in his cruel way, enjoys sticking it to Chris a bit here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're too good to be around us, but when you have a problem, right now you're running to me. Right, exactly. Later that night, Carmel and Tony in bed. Just needed to point out the book that Carmela's yeah, reading. I noticed that too. Just to keep up with their conservative sides. The rebel in chief. <laughs> right. She really admires Bush. I mean, Biography she said that she voted Bush. for him. Yes, that's right. And it's, and it's nice, too, to have that juxtaposed with the person who comes into the room, mm-hmm. who is Meadow, their yeah. liberal daughter. The bleeding heart liberal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's worried about AJ. Not Finn, Tony. That's over. <laughs> yeah. AJ. Right. She's concerned. She's heard similar things to a girl who committed suicide freshman year in the dorms. Right. That was not her roommate. Right. And then Tony goes downstairs. Right. Tony goes downstairs, more AJ, just blankly in front of the TV, staring at it. And Tony sits by him thinking, hey, I've got a problem on my hands here. Yeah. That I need to take pretty seriously. Take it up with Melfi, he thinks. I enjoyed this next scene. Yes. Obviously, because Tony gets a lot off his chest and is very real. Mm -hmm. But... I finally, maybe this was obvious to other people, but I finally understood what the statue is all about. Oh. Finally got it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about it because Tony is in the waiting room. Yeah. We get the first shot of the series back at our faces, except when we cut to Tony, he's not looking at it inquisitively. He's looking at it very glumly. Yeah. Extremely glumly. Just... A great image. I think I paused on it. Just perfect face. Oh, yeah. On Gandalf. Like a bulldog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he looks so miserable. Yeah. So good. Uh, and we've also seen the statue establishing Carmela's first visit to therapy. Yeah. Solo visit to therapy. So I tied that into that shot here 
And then I finally was able to put it together, what the statue's really put all it about. Put together. But we'll talk about it in a second. So uh, we get into the conversation right. with Melfi. Yes, right? we get into the conversation. And, uh, you know, Tony was going to quit. That mm-hmm. was his plan, to come in here and quit. He thought about it like she told him to think about it in the last episode. He was going to come in and quit because... The truth is, this therapy is a jerk-off. You know it, and I know it. I actually don't know it, but please continue. It's a jerk off. Yes, you've said that. Tony wants to get that off his chest first, Mm -hmm. but then has to reel it in and say, I can't go anywhere, though. My son is suicidal. Right. And worse, he inherited it from me. Right. This depressive gene. You know, we know that Tony is kind of obsessed with this idea that he genuinely believes Mm -hmm. that the true tragedy of his own depression is that he passed it down to AJ. Right. And AJ's infected with it. Uh, Well, I guess actually previously the context was I passed down my panic attacks to AJ. Right. Uh, But yes. Putrid soprano dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, And we've talked about, you know, the soprano curse before, Carmela, you know, so this is a thing that the family believes in is a problem and that Tony has passed down this liability, you know, to AJ. Uh, But the statue, I think this is my interpretation. I'm sure other people have brought this up before, but it's a symbol much like the pool is a symbol of family. I think it's the symbol, the statue of the uh, commencement of therapy. Hmm. Right. And so we return to it. Because Tony, in his mind, is sitting out there thinking, oh, this was supposed to be my last session. Mm. So it was supposed to symbolize, you know, the conclusion of therapy. He thought it was coming full circle, but no. So it's just one of those visual things. I like that. Just as a prop, it's just a visual symbol of therapy in general. I really like that. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, Obviously, have to point out, not that... You know, we need to point it out, Mm -hmm. actually. But Gandolfini's great performance here. Yeah. Because obviously Tony has cried before, but I don't think we've seen him really pour out his sadness Mm -hmm. like this before. The the, the guilt that he feels um, of what he has done to his son. It reminded me of uh, Godfather um, 2 when you see uh, Vito Corleone seeing... uh, I guess it's uh, Fredo as a baby who has pneumonia and uh, uh, they're trying to, he's like crying, crying. They can't stop the crying. They're trying to, you know, old like yeah. wives tale methods of, <laughs> yeah. of healing him. And you just see Robert De Niro. there, just like getting really emotional, wishing he could trade places with his baby. Yeah. And that's kind of what Tony is describing here. Yeah. He do anything. And he can't because he's passed it down. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and of course, ending with brutal honesty mm-hmm. from Tony, which, you know, I'm sure uh, some people have been in therapy before and have wanted to ask their therapist this exact question of what is it at the end of all this? All said and done. Like, is this it? Mm-hmm. This is it. <laughs> brutal yeah. honesty. Right. And yeah, we see that he's really in a state kind of of despair mm-hmm. about what's going on. In our next scene, we have Chris in AA, right? And he's venting about Tony. Mm-hmm. 
and about uh, the response. Again, you know, I feel like Chris actually, we've seen him rant and rave before in a very self-indulgent way, Mm -hmm. in a self-pitying way. But here, I actually think he's really got a point, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the, the description of of Tony being the worst enabler. Mm -hmm. Pours a drink in one hand and then, you know, criticizes you in the other. Right, yeah. And I think that this is a problem. This is a real problem that's probably very common uh, with alcoholics who are reforming, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like they've changed, but everything around them uh, is pulling yep. them back, you know, into the illness. Yeah. And it's interesting too. here. We'll, we'll play up this uh, clip, but how his voice trails off mm-hmm. here. Cause I think what Christopher is realizing at the end of it is that he's kind of giving away a little bit too much about his life. Mm. He says, but I can promise you I'd have more money in my pocket. Plus more responsibility. If I sat with him drinking, watching that scotch drool out of his fat fucking mouth just trails off there because mm-hmm. you know details fat fucking mouth uh, you know people could point christopher you know start making connections mm-hmm. and then realizing okay he's giving away he's starting to divulge information about his work mm-hmm. which you can't do <laughs> but he's kind of getting into it with these strangers right uh and that's actually a major kind of point of chris's arc throughout this episode right uh which will become much more of a major issue later on Mm -hmm. tony picks up uh on aj in the entertainment room in the Mm -hmm. next scene and basically uh easily convinces aj you're going to the party the party that i know the jason's called you about Mm -hmm. and you're gonna go you're gonna have fun you're gonna see strippers you're gonna drink and uh, we're not going to debate this. You're going. <laughs> and AJ's like, yeah, okay, I'll go. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. How much do you love that? I mean, it's just one of those ironies, right? Yeah. Uh, a son that age normally would love to, you know, have a parent who encourages him to <laughs> go to the strip club <laughs> right. and get wasted. Right. <laughs> but yeah. AJ doesn't want to hear it. What about this next scene with Chris and this dude that he had a connection with at AA mm-hmm. as they talk in the stairwell? Because it's a continuation. Right. Obviously, Christopher's still venting. Right. Uh, brings up Adriana. Right. You know, and describes it in a cryptic way. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, well, we can correct me if I'm wrong later on, but I feel like this is probably the last time that Adriana is referred to mm. in the series. This episode. Yeah, I mean, I could be very wrong about that, but that's just my sense right now. Uh, because I actually forgot that he had this whole conversation right. here in the stairwell with this guy. Yeah. But I just thought that that was, uh, I, I that was a really interesting point that he made here, that you know he really identifies Adriana as the thing that permanently ruined his relationship with Tony. Right. But we actually very much know that to be true, because in the episode stage five, the major point is, besides Johnny Sack's death, Tony and Chris have a schism now, mm-hmm. you know, and um, they can't, it can't be repaired. It can't be bridged. And it's because Chris basically made an entire movie accusing right. Tony of banging Adriana. Right. Right. So this is a really big thing. Adriana truly did ruin Tony and Chris's relationship. And he says, Hey, it was never the same with Tony after 
Adriano went away, you know, got murdered, obviously. Yeah. Little Polly back at it again to take more power drills, this time uh, in broad daylight, scamming old man Mike. Yeah, taking candy from a baby or just an old baby-like man. Exactly. <laughs> this yeah. poor guy, he's so confused. He really is. But they get their power tools. <laughs> yeah. Then AJ actually does see a therapist. Um, this is, uh, you know, for AJ, it's a very much a mirror of kind of the conversations that tony has had with melfi just mm -hmm. kind of quiet one word answers he's going to put him on medication and no aj when somebody asks you have you been suicidal jumping off your garage with your friends is not attempted suicide mm -hmm. i just thought no yeah you fool <laughs> he's gonna have to take some lexapro now though i guess so yeah but he's headed to this party at the Bing. Mm -hmm. And I s would say these Jasons, they're a bit of douchebags. Oh, you think? Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> and this is the most the most pathetic acceptance of a lap dance I think we've ever seen. I haven't seen a man this unhappy receiving a lap dance since, since... dot, dot, dot. Ah. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. <laughs> we got a little mini executive game here, don't we? Yeah, we do. Poker game. And Benny is in this scene. Uh-huh. Where has Benny been? <laughs> Where has my Benny been? Yeah. He has not been around. We haven't seen him in a long while since Phil, you know, since, since he recovered from Phil beating the shit out of him. Well, actually, the more recent significant thing, right, was uh, <laughs> Benny versus Artie. Oh, well, that war was that was that more recent yeah luxury lounge oh. so you're talking about the finale of season five and then luxury lounge was like towards the end of 6a oh okay well so still yeah. it's been a while it has been a while as chris storms in beats the shit out of little Polly because right. he's had enough then chucks him out a window and benny haven't seen him in a while but this is a great little beat here when he mm -hmm. says oh fuck <laughs> Perfect. Really? Delivered perfectly. Yeah. It, uh, man, brutal. Yeah. To throw the guy out of a window. I mean, that really yeah, could have killed story him. two-story window. Really could have killed the guy. Yes. Uh, would kill a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but not little Polly. <laughs> little Polly's lucky. Uh, also, hey, look, this isn't deep analysis, but I couldn't help but notice yeah. the initial establishing shot of this card game. The guy with his hand facing the camera yes. has a full house. Well, good for him. Yeah. He's going to win. Well, it's a tragedy. He's not going to win now. I mean, you think they returned <laughs> to the card game after little Polly got thrown out of the window? That poor guy. Yeah. He's like, well, no. Exactly. Shit. Yeah. You're right. I mean, full house is like three of a kind plus a pair, right? That's right. Okay. That's what he had. That's what he had. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's really <laughs> funny. Next scene, Carmela storms into the bedroom, pissed off at Tony. And what's great about this is that he kind of convinces her it was actually a good thing mm -hmm. that aj went out think about it yeah fraternities college get him back in maybe make something of himself and she's like uh, uh, yeah maybe yeah I, i'm still mad but maybe right yeah not in his room drinking cocoa hey exactly uh this is just a funny parenting moment really very is. unconventional no of course <laughs> yes <laughs> 
but he's right you know he's gonna be 21 soon yeah not a big deal and the way they see it you know the way tony sees it especially anything is better than aj lying around depressed possibly contemplating suicide yeah real quick we get a cut of a very unhappy paulie driving right very unhappy he must have heard about little (laughs) paulie cut to christopher walks into the pork store to talk to tony the scene, though, is interspliced with Polly taking his nice car that he takes very good care of, but in this instance, not giving a shit, and driving over and ruining the beautiful landscape that is the front of Christopher's house. Yeah, I like this. Uh, a little bit of unusual kind of stylization. Yeah. Here, just the cutting back and forth. Right. Nice. Again, a Terrence Winter directed episode. I mm-hmm. believe the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that, you know, just the cutaway. Yeah. You know. That was very good. Chris, yeah. in his uh, moment with Tony, tries to tell him that, you know, he was there. He was there trying to bring this up to you. And Tony blames Chris for leaving. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, well, you, you kind of forced me to leave, really, because you insulted me. You know, Polly could have left me a message. I love that reaction from Tony. <laughs> We're supposed to leave phone messages about interstate hijacking now? How about faxes, emails? Make it even easier for the cops. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tony's just kind of had it with all of this. And, you know, and it comes down to the, hey, you got to pay for the medical right. expenses. Hey, you got to make amends. Let's cut the shit out. And Chris is like, fine, cool. Mm-hmm. Until, <laughs> well, not really until, but he gets home. Right. Calls Tony. Tony's in the car. Chris starts yelling, you know, Mm -hmm. in the background. Kelly's terrified. Baby's crying. Mm -hmm. Chris is standing on his fucked up lawn. Yeah. Saying, you know, this is what Polly did. You know, he terrorized my family. But you know what? I'm still going to take the high road. Right. I'm not going to do anything. Which kind of gives Tony like a moment to be like, uh, I mean, thank you. Yeah. I'm a little confused why you're not getting pissed, but uh, I appreciate you not doing anything. Yeah. Let's also commend Paulie's driving skills. Right. He got in, got out, and didn't do a lot of uh, backing up. No. Kind of just straight in, straight out. Yeah, did a bunch of donuts, you know? Yeah. And uh, did them quite precisely yes, he did. before he left. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, this is, in my opinion, just a beat that really kind of underlines what a tragedy it is Mm. that Chris has the journey that he has in this episode, because even after everything that was done to his home by Polly, he's still like, you know what? Fine. It's okay though. I'm not going to go try and beat anyone up. I'm not Mm. going after Polly. I'm not doing anything. I'm really trying to be my best self here. Right. Yeah. Cut to AJ at the frat party. That he ended up going to start hanging out more with the Jasons. Again, we get this moment of someone using AJ's dad, uh, AJ's dad's status to mm-hmm. intimidate others. Right. Or to use for their advantage. Right? Yeah. And normally that brings it on a panic attack for AJ. <laughs> right. In this moment, doesn't really, but we see that the guys there, Jasons, have their own kind of... Uh, mini mafioso status oh absolutely in the fraternity yeah yeah mafioso junior i mean and they call aj tony soprano junior which 
technically he is he is which is really funny because we've absolutely never heard that (laughs) no name used in this entire series but you know when you hear it out loud here it is kind of like something that makes you pause a bit oh yeah yeah tony soprano jr that's sort of the weight of expectation that you know burdens aj and it really started you know we saw the beginning of this when aj in season one realized that his dad was you know perhaps part of the mafia and that began this sort of journey of like what does that mean for me right you know to have this legacy next day though carmela and tony pretty happy Mm -hmm. seems like it's working for now that aj uh stayed out late carmela's happy about it because he's hanging out with friends now he's Mm -hmm. not depressed seems like it's working yeah well then we're right back into tragedy aren't we yeah it's like uh we're on this terrible roller coaster of (laughs) things being resolved unresolved tragic right happy christopher arrives at the bing kind of random still points out how Mm -hmm. random it is to see him there so random um gives tony a gift and i love that sal vitro is gonna have to resod the whole <laughs> lawn probably for free with a bad arm still yeah it's just so good um but then christopher buries the hatchet with polly yeah make up they apologize and in the pressure of the moment and of the situations that have occurred before christopher decides to have the same drink as polly yeah and you see that first sip, Christopher's eyes just kind of glaze over. Right. And I do think that you link this to the very first uh, Polly Chris scene that we had in this episode mm-hmm. where they had just made amends and then just one little thing shifted and things got screwed up again. Yep. You know, when Chris turned down the invitation from Polly, yep. uh, which was the wrong thing to do for their friendship. This time he says yes, and it will prove to be the wrong thing for their friendship. That's right. Good writing. You know, lots of motivated character choices. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny to bring that up in a in an era in which the number one show on TV is everyone's losing their mind over unmotivated character shifts. True. <laughs> From uh, Christopher throwing back a drink, we cut to AJ and the guys throwing back drinks. Yeah. And they go to a different party and there's that kid, Victor, mm-hmm. that owes them money. And they uh, they take him out for a ride in AJ's car, all yeah. wearing their leather jackets. They're tough guys with the right. black leather jackets. Right. And uh, pour uh, sulfuric acid on his foot. It's pretty extreme. <laughs> pretty, pretty extreme. I mean, they're just college kids. Right. Like, come on. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. And but. I think what's key is AJ's sort of terror and excitement all in one of holding down this screaming college kid that he doesn't know who this guy is. Right. But he's part of it now. And he's like experiencing this level of, you know, violence that he's never really experienced before other than trying to kill his uncle. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, again, Terrence Winter directing really great push in slow push in on Mm -hmm. Robert Eiler here. Yeah. Uh, And it's a great shot because I feel like his expression says it all perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a very disturbing expression where like he's partly horrified, 
but also really getting a rush, yeah. really getting an adrenaline spike yeah. and kind of liking it. Yeah. Then we go back to Christopher, who is now f- too far gone. Yeah. Talking about his daughter and what it means to be a parent, but he's slurring his words. And you think Polly's really interested until he can makes a joke, starts mm-hmm. getting the guys all riled up with the joke. Christopher tries to go back and, and into the story and talk about it. And then Polly just trashes him and his daughter. Yeah. And Christopher has no idea. He can't even focus on that. He just, we get this great slow-mo though. Right. And we key in eventually on the main person mm-hmm. with this devil smile <laughs> yeah. behind a cloud of cigar smoke. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he looks uh, satanic. In he really moment. does. He really uh, does. And I think that gives Christopher like, holy shit. Because he could be in a state where he's like, this is scaring me. Like, it's scary. Right. And it's horrible. I mean, he's just so crushed because he really thought that he had made amends right. with Polly. And he thought that he was, you know, on good terms with everyone once again. Yeah. And I got to say this uh, this slow motion pan across, you know, we've seen it done before in the show, right? When Tony saw the guys laughing and noticed that Feech Lamana wasn't. Yeah. You know, so right. we get a return to that. And I liked it. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Chris has to leave. Mm-hmm. They try and hold him back and say, like, hey, we're just fucking around. It's no big deal. But right. Chris has to go. Stumbles out. Yeah. And now we come to a very extreme scene Yeah. of the show. Uh, Chris visits JT. We've seen Christopher visit JT many times. And it's very surprising that JT at this point would even open the door anymore <laughs> right. for Christopher, especially late at night. But Christopher has no sponsor to go to. So he goes to his old sponsor, JT. And you know, like I said, JT should really know better. Chris asks him what he's doing. Frightened for law and order. Oh, well, Chris knows a lot about law and order, at least the bad side of law and order. Mm-hmm. And boy, could he tell JT some things, give him some really good thing, contribute personally mm-hmm. to a show like law and order. Yeah, uh, this is Chris completely unhinged, right? Well, he's been ostrified. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're ostrified and drunk, yeah. you feel like you got to get everything off your chest. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he's taking it to an extreme. Like well, he's never taken it to before. <laughs> yes, he is. To JT, who does not, has clearly stated, he does not want to hear any of this. Right. And this is sad, too, for JT, because, I mean, we can see that he's sober Right. He's uh, got actually a good job yeah. working on one of the biggest shows in America. Right. He's typing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his shit together now. He does. Despite everything that he's been through with Chris, he's got his shit together. And yeah. he f- and Chris did too, up until this moment. And then That's they right. collide in epic fashion. Well, Christopher is really uh, not only giving away that he'll give away secrets, mm-hmm. But talking about going straight to the feds, to bringing down the whole house of cards. Yeah. And this is to the point where Christopher, the only way JT can get through to Christopher is to shout at him. Chris, you're in the mafia. I think that obviously triggers a a light bulb off in Chris's mind. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah. he can't just leave right with what he's just said and uh this is man that saying don't kill the messenger yeah <laughs> yeah chris kills the messenger yes he does L- literally speaking to what that saying is about like hey it's not jt's fault that chris is mobbed up right you know what i mean but uh still chris doesn't like being reminded of that so he kills the messenger and this is truly shocking i I mean mean, we knew it was happening yeah but i literally went i i exclaimed out loud whoa right i totally forgot and but forgotten in a way that it's just out of nowhere Mm mm-hmm but you feel like, wow, Christopher's giving away a lot of information here, and JT really doesn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you get that pause from Christopher, turns around, and by the way, drunk off his ass, but has headshot accuracy like a Navy yeah. SEAL. Well, I mean, he was at close range. But even still. Yeah. He'll go outside, get a sobriety test, and fail. Right. But he can shoot a guy in the head. Yeah. Uh, and it's great, too, because then you remember that this was actually set up by JT earlier in the scene when he mentioned that his girlfriend mm-hmm. was leaving him alone. So Chris took stock of that. Sure. He knows JT's alone, and that's why he kills him. Well, that's not why he kills him. Well, I mean, it's not why, but I think that But it gives he, him yeah. every reason to just leave with a dead body behind him. <laughs> but I think that if the girlfriend had been there, JT would still be alive. Wouldn't you agree? Because Chris isn't going to shoot him, then go into the bedroom and kill her. I think he could. Double murder? I think so. Wow. Why not? Yeah. He got to. Ah, Jesus. But yeah, a great shocking moment, totally appropriate to the character because JT is the sacrificial lamb here. Mm-hmm. All the frustration that Chris has been building up, not venting, he takes it all out on JT, uses him as the whipping boy. You as know? he's done yeah. many times before. Right, right. It was always leading to this though. Yeah. Eventually he was just going to kill him and that's what happened. <sighs> I guess. I don't think a lot of people would have expected that. I didn't. But when you like really look at the show, you're like, yeah, he was going to get his. Yeah. Well, that's a great thing about this show that a lot of times when characters come to an end, sometimes, you know, it's not telegraphed to great effect, mm-hmm. but other times it is to great effect where yeah. a character meets a violent end and you're like, oh, it was all coming down to this. Yeah. There was no other way this was going to end. Yeah. Like when Tony kills ralphie i think that's a great example yeah you know? yeah well uh tony uh arrives home i always remember the scene because tom sawyer is playing oh right by rush oh okay uh i don't know it just sticks out to me why that stood out yeah just uh yeah it's a noticeable song yeah anyway he's got a sawed off shotgun in his glove in his side glove compartment <laughs> and thinks somebody could be rolling up on him but it's just his son yeah happy to be home the men walk in late at night, and the women are up, having fun, laughing, mm-hmm. and we get uh, what seems like old-time uh, family time. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen the family, the four of them, really like this happy together in a long time. Just a- the four of them, yeah, right? Yeah, AJ's amped. Right. His foot's dancing under the table. Meadow has a surprise date. Mm-hmm. The mystery that she had a date to begin with. <laughs> right. He makes that joke. Right. Everything seems yeah. to be good going well. Not depressed anymore. No. And then we end on a very sad Christopher mm-hmm. coming home to his torn up yard. Tries to plant that tree back into the ground. Mm-hmm. 
crawls his way into his house. Yeah. Just a very poetic final image where, yeah. you know, even if you can't really articulate what that final shot is saying, you just sort of feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand what it's saying about Chris and where he is and his arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Good episode. Great episode. Terrence Winter written and directed. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of strong work in this season specifically. Well, that does it for this episode of The Soprano Show. Hopefully, we did some strong work today as well. <laughs> I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. We're counting down these episodes. We only have, what, four left? Yeah. Wow. Four episodes remaining. But uh, like we ask of to subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. We're all over the place. Enjoy the show. But like we do with every episode, ending with our favorite line. My favorite line came with the argument between Chris and Polly uh, after the power tools were stolen the first time. After Polly says, uh, calm down, I got neighbors, Chris says, Fuck your neighbors. When are you going to pay me? When you suck the money out of my ass. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> Man, I love that line. Something just so honest about it. Yeah, hopefully one day you could say it out loud. One and day. Uh, I will applaud you when you do. Thank you. I'll say it to your son. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the thing. We're just going to use key <laughs> moments of Sopranos cursing right. on our sons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite line. Yes. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's just a really obvious reason why I picked this, but it speaks to the wisdom that and the thoughtfulness that Chris displays in this episode when he's talking with Tony by the grill about his dad. Mm. And he says, Come on, Tony, huh? Between the Coke, the vodka, whatever the fuck else he was squirting up his arm, let's be honest about the great Dickie Montesanti, my dad, your hero. Wasn't much more than a fucking junkie. Obviously, I picked that line specifically because we know that Dickie Montesanti is going to be a main character in uh, Many Saints in Newark. And so, That's right. you know, I hope that we get to see this... Uh, heroin problem explored a bit that would be great that would be great yeah hopefully they're uh, referring and referencing to some of these old episodes i mean when you look at the guy that is cast as dickie Montesanti, i think that they have it in mind because he definitely looks like he could be oh they nailed it yeah they nailed it